The loud slap of the screen door behind her startled Hayden as she swung her backpack onto the kitchen table. Hey, Dad. I'm home. Yeah, I heard. Careful with that door. Sorry. Hayden sighed as she set her clarinet case next to her backpack and headed to the refrigerator to grab a drink. Why are you home so soon? Don't you have band practice today? Yeah. So what happened? I'm just tired. It's no big deal. I know all the music anyway. Okay. But it's still important for you to practice with the other kids. They're counting on you. I know. Sorry. I'm just really tired. Hayden grabbed a can of the store brand of cola that her father always bought. It tastes just the same and costs less. And sat down at the kitchen counter. She really did feel tired down to the core. Her arms and legs felt heavy as she sunk into the chair. And although she wouldn't admit it, she didn't want to play clarinet anymore. But you love the clarinet. She did, once. But she rarely found joy in it anymore. Last year you dropped out of soccer, now this. What will you have left to list on your college applications? She knew exactly what her father would say. And she didn't have the energy to hear it right now. Sorry. She repeated under her breath. Well, since you're home early, why don't we tackle some of this paperwork from Dartmouth? Dad... Hayden's father pulled a stack of papers off the shelf and spread it on the table in front of her. I think the essay is going to be crucial for you. You're an excellent writer. That'll give you an advantage because, you know, there will be thousands of applicants and we need to find a way to make sure you stand out. Dad! Hayden grabbed her head in her hands as if she were trying to physically protect her brain from the onslaught. I just can't right now, okay? Hayden dropped her elbows on the counter, her head still clenched in her hands. Her father sighed and started collecting the papers into a neat stack. Listen up. I know this stinks, but your teachers are telling me it's really important. Just at least fill out the application, okay? Not right now, but sometime soon. We want to make sure all your options are open, right? If you decide you don't want to go next year, then you don't have to. But if you don't apply, you'll lose the opportunity. Hayden sat in silence, head down, eyes unfocused, staring through the countertop. Why does everything feel like such a chore? She wondered to herself. Academics had always been easy for her, and she'd played soccer and clarinet since elementary school. But lately, everything in her life felt tedious and dull, like food without flavor. She had to eat to live, but she enjoyed none of it. She pushed her chair back suddenly and stood up. I'm going upstairs, she declared, and grabbing her backpack, raced up the staircase to her bedroom before her father could object. finally answered. <laughs> oh, hey, Jess. Although she was happy to hear her best friend's cheerful voice, she didn't feel much like talking right now. Not even to Jess. I know that voice. What's wrong? Huh? Oh, yeah, no. It's really nothing. Come on, I'm not gonna judge you or anything. I don't want to talk about it. Well, okay. Hey, Remember, we're going to the movies tomorrow. Aren't you excited? But that's with the soccer team. Will they even want me there? I mean, I'm not on the team anymore. Please, Hayden, you always think the worst. Of course we want you there. You're our friend. I... I'll think about it. But she wasn't going to think about it. She had already made up her mind. You 
should come with us. It'll get your mind off things. I guess. Cheer up, okay? It'll be fun. You'll see. Yeah, you're probably right. Hey, I still need to do some homework, but I'll see you in class tomorrow, okay? You bet. And I know you'll feel better tomorrow. Everyone has bad days. The two friends signed off for the night. Hayden sighed, pulled her school books out of her backpack, and stared at them for 15 minutes, then crawled into bed and fell asleep. The jarring tone of her alarm shook Hayden awake at 6 a.m. She hit snooze and turned toward the wall, pulling her covers over her head. Hayden, 6.15, breakfast in 15 minutes. Hayden racked her mind, trying to think of some way to convince her father she couldn't go to school. Feeling sick? That wouldn't work. You can go to the nurse if it gets real bad. She could admit that she hadn't finished her homework. Maybe he'd let her go in late? Well, you made a choice, kiddo. Now you need to face up to it. And telling him the truth certainly wouldn't accomplish anything. <sighs> Do you think I feel like going to my job every day? Of course not. But I push through it. So she dragged her leaden body out of bed, washed and dressed, repacked her backpack, and headed downstairs. Oh, great. Now I'm another day behind on my English essay. She shambled into the kitchen, her father watching her closely. He slid two eggs onto her plate. Morning, sunshine. Hayden picked at her eggs and didn't respond. Hayden, I want to apologize about yesterday. I shouldn't be pressuring you so much. Hayden looked up from her plate, surprised to hear him speaking to her this way. But you need to steal yourself and get through this application process. Once you get through college, you'll have so many opportunities waiting for you. You can choose a career you love, which is more than I ever had and really create a life for yourself. Okay, yeah. Bye, Dad. See you after Hayden, school. Hayden, get back here. We need to talk. Why can't you just get it? Why? Hayden, I'm trying my best. I've only ever wanted what's best for you. I know I'm not perfect, but we're a team, right? The only response was the loud slap of the screen door slamming shut behind her. The tears started flowing by the time Hayden reached the end of her driveway. She fought them back, wiping at them furiously, but to no avail. Breathe. Just breathe. She tried to breathe deeply and slowly, to slow her racing heart and mind, but she kept choking on her breath and her tears. I can't go into school like this. She began to panic, looking for an escape, any escape. She turned and ran down a side street, not even paying attention to where she was. As she began to tire, her pace slowed, and she surveyed her surroundings. She didn't think she'd been down this street before, which she found very strange, having lived in the same house her entire life. Where am I? Before her stood a most impressive forest, cramped with tall, thick trees whose highest boughs were obscured in a hazy glow. There seemed to be a flicker of movement always at the edge of her vision, but never caught as her eyes scanned the unfamiliar scene before her. There's never been a forest here before. Hayden thought, and then started walking towards it. A faint buzz in her ears veiled any lingering feeling of caution or unrest as she approached. Someone, some thing, seemed to be calling her in, gently but urgently beckoning. 
and hadn't she always been one to follow instructions? As she stepped into the forest, time seemed to stop. The autumn leaves were still mostly red and orange, but there was the oddest hint of blue in them. The dead, fallen leaves on the forest floor looked special, delicate and vibrant, almost as though they were still growing on a tree. Magnificent vines wound up the nearby trunks. Oh dear. That wasn't nice, was it? From behind one of the enormous trees emerged a very unusual figure. They looked human, but every feature was off by a fraction, every detail ever so slightly amiss. Their nose was too pointy and their eyes too round, but just a bit... Their arms were too short, and their legs almost imperceptibly too long. They leaned against the tree and smiled at Hayden, a smile that curved up too high on the cheeks. Who? Who are you? The figure looked pale and thin beneath their ill-fitting clothes, face gaunt, oddly colorless hair stringy and limp above a wide forehead but the distorted smile was warm and inviting. At least it appeared so to Hayden. Don't you just hate it when people who are such trash act like they're royalty? It's not right. Trash? My father isn't trash. He's just... He's just... Perhaps too strong a word. Perhaps... But it's obvious he's hurting you. Why can't he just get it? Why? Your words, not mine. Yes. Yes, he is. So are my teachers. And even my friends. Nothing anyone says ever helps. The things they say... They just make me feel worse. They tell me to be strong. They tell me to cheer up. What does that even mean? I can't. I don't know how. I don't want to try anymore. I don't care anymore. There's no meaning. No sense to it. Any of it. I feel so hopeless. Isn't there anyone who understands? I understand. Who are you? You may call me... Hmm, Liana. What are you? A friend. A true friend. Not like those greedy, selfish pretenders. They don't give. They take. They don't help. They scorn. Liana started to walk slowly towards Hayden, hands extended towards her with palms up, reaching as if for an embrace. They scold you and laugh at you. Small tendrils began to emerge from Liana's body, creeping and slithering along the forest floor and tree trunks reaching towards Hayden. She found herself 
locked in Liana's gaze. They fill your soul with shame, with emptiness, with despair. Tendrils climbed Hayden's legs to her torso, her shoulders, her arms, and her neck. The tendrils felt strangely warm and soft, comforting and soothing, like a mother's touch. And Hayden felt her tense body relax into their caress. They'll be the death of you. You already know it. But what are you? The tendrils stopped right below Hayden's chin. Take me along, and I will help you. Yes. Hayden closed her eyes, and the tendrils snaked into her mouth, her ears, her eyes. It was the briefest moment of discomfort, followed by utter silence, darkness, and the most glorious sensation of peace.